Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 140. I don't think 140 is a special occasion number, so what is a special occasion number? Do you think we should do something for episode 150? In 10 episodes time, we'll see. Uh, On the show today, I catch up with Florence and I chat with Marco when we keep it 80s, although I think today we don't keep it 80s at all, but that's not really new for the segment. I think we we talked about VR for a bunch, and uh, Florence watched the movie The Keep, and of course, uh, we're going to listen to lots of cool music, so how about we do that right now and get the show started? So here's a track by Neomind featuring Alessity, and I can't even say the name of this song because it is in Russian. It's also in Russian, so... I think it's Russian anyways. Okay, don't get mad at me if this isn't Russian. Just whenever I see those crazy letters, I always think that's Russian, you know, because the song is called B-C-E, weird sort of looking N-E, two capital H's, a backwards A, and a backwards R. Oh no, the A isn't backwards. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this is a track by Neomind. Let's 
that was Neo Mind featuring Alessity with the track <laughs> Anyway, that's good. I hope she's not saying anything offensive because I have no idea what she's saying. Anyway, the bottom line is that Beyond Synth is brought to you by Zencaster, which is the easiest way to record your podcast in studio quality. So Zencaster is a web-based uh, recording program. So if you're a podcaster and you record uh, interviews or conversations with your friends and you all live in different places and you've been using, you know, Skype or lesser quality sort of ways of, of recording, Zencaster, uh, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Uh, it basically records all the audio from each person's uh, side of the conversation. So, you know, you're recording with your buddy in New York. It records two audio streams, yours and your buddy's, in good quality. And then it uploads the audio right to your Dropbox so you can uh, edit podcasts together. So it's actually really handy. It's designed specifically for podcasters, and it's really cool. And if you want to try out Zencaster at Zencaster.com, you can use the coupon code BEYONDSYNTH to receive 20% off. So go do that. And of course, Beyond Synth is also brought to you by Retro Revolutions. Go check out Retro Revolutions on YouTube. His newest video right now is uh, part one of the Sony Synthetic, which is the boombox he's making for uh, Marco, who we talked to today. And it's basically a boombox that has like a PlayStation in it. And that's the kind of stuff that he does over there at Retro Revolutions. He mods uh, old electronics and video game consoles and makes cool new things out of them, like a, a console version of a Sony PSP and some. Uh, he's made a custom Mega Drive for Calyx. I don't know if he's made that video yet. I know he's worked on the thing. Anyway, the bottom line is it's cool stuff and you should check it out. He's been a, a great uh, sponsor for Beyond Synth. And that's Retro Revolutions. You can find it on YouTube. You can check him out on Twitter at Retro Faith Games and on Instagram at Retro underscore Revolutions. Go check it out. And now uh, let's listen to some more music. Here's a track by Glenn Main. Uh, this is a nice one. This is Cosmetic Raindrops by Glenn Main.
And that was Glenn Main with the track Cosmetic Raindrops. And that uh, that's nice. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon Pattersons. There's my buddies in the 25 Club. There's Clint Dowling, Joey and Kendra, Gregorio Franco, and Chris Dance. If you're wondering if you hear like baby noises in the background, it's because my daughter is in the studio and she is crawling around and I'm recording this on the day the show comes out and I really can't record it any other time. So you're, <laughs> you're going to hear, you're going to hear baby noises, uh, during this show because, uh, she is a baby. Um, but yeah, uh, you people who support Beyond Synth, uh, means a lot to be man. And of course, there's always, uh, there's always, I don't know, there's Jacob Wick with the 2288. There's Frank Skinicki with the 1987 and the lucky Chris Celia Lane with the 1111. I say lucky because 1111, right? Isn't that a lucky thing? You know, when you look at the clock. And I would also like to do a special shout out to Angelo Taylor. Now, he's not necessarily a patron, but he, um, I mean, I guess he's a patron in the technical sense because he's not on Patreon, but occasionally he'll uh, send some money for the show and uh, he's made a donation and and uh, he's a really cool dude, man, because uh, uh, apart from supporting Beyond Synth, which of course is the coolest thing that you can do, uh, Angelo also makes cool things out of metal. I'm not sure if he, does he have a website? Hold on. Do you have a website, Angelo? I'll send people to it. Angelo Taylor. He made me that... Uh, Metal Beyond Synth Sign. If you check out the YouTube channel. All right, I'm being lazy here because I can't, <laughs> I can't find it. But look, Angelo, give me a website or something that I can uh, promote because he does. He makes cool things, and I think one of my listeners even got him to make him a replica of the Beyond Sign he made for me. Was that Frank? Shit, I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> anyway, the point is. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Angelo, for your support of the show. Send me some links that I can uh, put up. Maybe there'll be some links there. But it's really cool stuff. Like, he makes, like, big elaborate things out of metal and lights and stuff. And he's made some very interesting sort of art pieces, and, and they're sort of functional, too. It's hard to explain. I can't explain it, because I'm not good at explaining things. But uh, the point is, uh, Angelo Taylor is a cool guy. At one point, tried to keep some bees. But uh, the queen died or something. Is that it? <laughs> Bees. Anyways, let's listen to some more music. Uh, I think I played a track from Trash 80 a few weeks ago, but I'm going to play another one because I was in a reminiscing about chiptunes mood. And uh, I remembered this track that I uh, really enjoyed from many, many years ago. This is Missing You by Trash 80.
And that was Trash 80 with the track Missing You. And that was brought to you by my lovely $10 Pattersons. There's Fraser Davidson, Blake Peterson, Ken Giroux, Martin Larby, Hexen Work, Digital Dreams, Power Loader, and Trevor Resnick. These are all very cool people. And if you want to join them and uh, help support Beyond Synth, because it is it does really help out, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. It helps me keep the show uh, coming out on a regular basis. And if you're like me, you like regular... What's the plural of basis? Is it ba- basises? No. On a full-time basis. Basis? Well, there's a word that's just lost its meaning. <laughs> basis. Basis. Uh, okay, listen. Um, how about we go chat with Florence, and uh, and then we'll keep uh, keep doing stuff. How about that? All right. So let's uh, yeah, let's go catch up with uh, Florence. We're getting And we are uh, catching up with Florence. How's it going, Florence? It's going okay, Andy. How about you? I am fantastic. I heard you just watched Heat. I did. (laughs) Let's talk about that. (laughs) Um, You can talk about Heat. No, I'm okay. I think I did enough of that last week. So what's uh, so what's been going on, man? What's uh, what's going on in the life of Florence? Well, I've been having car problems. Because fuck everything forever. Oh, what kind of car do you drive? I have an Audi that's 10 years old. Mm. Is it 10? Yeah, it's over 10 years old. It's got me a lot of places. And um, the transmission control module went out. Which is not the transmission, but it's the computer that runs the transmission. So I had to have that replaced. And that set me back some money. And then um, my battery just died. So my car is like a beach to whale in my garage right now and I can't do anything with it. It's cool. Well, this is a sad story. It's not like I need a car in Los Angeles or anything. I've heard the um the public transit situation in Los Angeles is like not great. Is that true? Well, it's shitty if it doesn't go where you need to go. But um lucky me, I can take the train to work. So, I don't even really need my car on a daily basis. I don't drive at all. Well, if you, if you can, like, manage to not have to drive, that's great. I'm 30... How old am I again? I'm 36, and I don't drive, and I still don't. Have you ever had a... Li- do you have a license? Like, what's... I do, but I've never gotten the full one. So I literally just get my license renewed every five years and retake the test just for the photo ID aspect of it, but I've never actually taken a driving test so you couldn't legally get in a car and like drive down the street? No, I couldn't. Oh, wow. Well, I could if my wife was in the car, because then <laughs> you're allowed to drive. Oh, so you have you have a permit? Oh, that's amazing. I've never been interested. Like it's weird. Like when I'm not compelled to do something, mm-hmm. I have just no interest, and I just can't. And people try and trick me logically and go like, "What if there's an emergency? You know, what if this and that?" I'm like, "Dude, if there's an emergency." then I'm not going to care that I don't have my license. Do you know what I mean? And it depends on the emergency, too, because it's like people say that sentence, but I don't think they think it through all the way to the end, like what that means. So it's like if there's an emergency, so say someone in my family was like badly hurt. Well, 
like an ambulance is probably going to be the better, especially in a city. Oh, yeah. The, the ambulance is going to be able to like make its siren and push cars out of the way to get here and go to the hospital. If I was the one responsible to like have to get into a car and drive, it would probably take me longer to get to the hospital than <laughs> like an actual ambulance that's going to be able to like push cars aside to fucking get the person thing. And then what kind of emergency are we talking about? If it's like Armageddon, then who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, like if we got a fucking license or not, you know, yeah, like, and the thing, if you've met manage that long without driving then you'll be fine because you you know your first thought isn't going to be oh shit i have to get in the car and drive somewhere because that's not something that's kind of like in your thought process put it this way like i'm i'm in the city right now we've got public transit if i need it for any sort of reason mm-hmm. i can pretty much just walk to everything anyways but you know if i if i move back to like my hometown or something which is a small town where you need a car because like all the stores that sell anything good are in the neighboring large town (laughs) so there is no walking there because it's a half hour drive so it would take like you know eight hours to walk there and i'm not gonna do that i might consider getting my license then yeah anyway this is useless so what uh (laughs) we're catching up man did you catch up on something i did i watched the keep Oh, fuck you. I want to see that movie. Do you want me to not spoil it for you? (laughs) I know what happens because I've been watching. There's a scene on YouTube that I've watched like 50 times because I knew the music from The Keep. And it's weird because when I had Tangerine Dream on the show, I didn't bring it up. It wouldn't matter technically because those guys weren't members of the group Mm -hmm. at that time. But I knew that music because I had that album. Like it was the, the soundtrack to The Keep. And there's this scene that I watched over and over again on YouTube because it's so awesome. But the movie does look like a mess. But, like, this scene was cool where fucking Molasar, is that the name of the villain? Yeah, I think so. Like, everyone had really weird names, and I don't remember any of them. But, yes, I think that is the name of the villain. Yeah, there's the scene where, like, Gabriel Byrne is, like, showing him a cross at the end. And then Molasar kind of looks almost like uh, Doomsday, or not Doomsday, uh, fucking... uh, uh, the the X-Men, the villain in the last X-Men movie, except he kind of looks more like the comic book version. Um, what the fuck was he called? Not Doomsday. I have no idea. Armag- not Armageddon. <laughs> oh, Christ. It'll come to me. What was that movie called? X- Apocalypse. The character of Apocalypse. Okay. He looks kind of like that at the end when he's got like the glowing red eyes and he's all tall. And mm-hmm. and anyways, that, that scene I've watched so many times because I love the intonation in the dude's voice mm-hmm. when he's just like, you know, where are you from? He's like, I am from you. And then like grabs the cross and then crushes it and then sucks his soul out. And it's like that, that 80s style looking laser beam soul that like kind of shoots out of his eyes and mouth and like, and then Molasar kind of drops him like after like taking the energy out of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just liked the, the intonation in his voice. I just love that. Uh, I don't know why. I get very particular about line delivery. Mm-hmm. So when people say lines in just the right way, it just hits me. And and so just the ways I am from you. I don't know. This is, I don't know what it is about that, but I just thought it was awesome. And then like when he sucks his soul out. Anyway. What are you? Where do you come from? Where am I from?
That's literally all I know about the keep and that it has Tangerine Dream score. That's all you really need to know because you're right. The movie was an absolute mess. Okay, well, listen. Let's listen to a track and then you can tell me all about the keep. Okay. Uh, so here's a track. Uh, what do we got? Here's a cool one by Knight. Uh, I may have played a track from his a few weeks ago as well. And that is uh, Knight K-N-1-G-H-T. And this track is Roadkill.
And that was Roadkill by Night, K-N-1-G-H-T. And that is a cool song. And uh, that was brought to you by my lovely $10 Pattersons. There's Poly Digital, Elias Garnier, Murat, Playmaker Media, Mike Shima, Ashley Keegan, and Greg Smith. And if you want to uh, support Beyond Synth, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. And uh, now we're back here with Florence, and uh, she caught up with the movie The Keep, which I still want to see regardless of what you're going to tell me. Okay. Now, are you aware of why the movie is a mess? Because there's an actual story there. No, I don't think so. Okay, because I did a bit of research because when I saw clips from the movie, I was like, why don't I know about this film? Because when I saw Molasar and he's like this crazy, weird, like Egyptian looking giant blue dude with like glowing red eyes. And there's all these actors that I'm familiar with. I mean, there was Gabriel Byrne. There was um, Ian McKellen, Nazis underground with like some supernatural thing and a Tangerine Dream score directed by Michael Mann. Oh, yeah. No, like it's the ingredients for greatness, but doesn't quite make it. Yeah, and he's disowned it, and you can't get it on, like, uh, you know, in high quality or anything. And I was like, how have I never heard of this movie? And then that's when I, I started reading up on the backstory. But uh, tell me about it, because you actually watched it, so. All right, you want you want a little plot description? <laughs> sure, give me a plot um, description. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so it takes place in, like, World War II era. And there's this like citadel thing, which is the keep, right? And the like German army comes to occupy it. Apparently they want to like control some mountain pass in like Romania. So they go inside and the keep has like all of these like chrome crosses on the walls and they're all supposed to be made of nickel. But like then two soldiers discover that like one one of the crosses are made out of is made out of silver they're like oh fuck we gotta steal this shit and even though there's a guy in there who's like no you can't touch the crosses like something bad will happen but of course they go and they like steal this thing and actually this scene was really cool because it's just like the tangerine dream music these two guys are like kind of like running through the keep and they're like running to go like pry this cross off of the wall and it was just it was a really like cool scene with the music Mm. so they pry it off the wall and then like one of the guys gets like sucked into this like hole and he basically dies because the evil guy who I don't fucking remember his name even though you already said it a million times (laughs) he's in there anyway so all the shit is going down and like all these soldiers are dying and they're like what the hell is going on so they bring in Ian McKellen from like apparently like I didn't get this I had to read I had to like go and read the Wikipedia article because I was like, I just want to make sure I understand this. So they get Ian McKellen, who came from a concentration camp, apparently. So he's a Jewish historian. And they bring him in to, like, try and, like, understand what's going on. He has his daughter with him, randomly. And so the evil dude in the keep tries to convince Ian McKellen to, like, help him escape. And Ian McKellen's like, yeah, like, I can do that. I can help you escape. But then this fucking random dude appeared who appears who's a what's-his-butt. I don't know anyone's names. Anyway. Gabriel Byrne? Sure. What would you recognize Gabriel Byrne from? I don't know. He's in uh, He's in Usual Suspects. Oh, never seen it. Uh, Christ. Uh, he is in... You ever seen that movie, the, <laughs> the, the fucking Sixth Day with Arnold? No, not The Sixth Day. The Arnold Schwarzenegger movie about Armageddon. The Sixth Day was the clone <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. What's it, what's it called? 
don't know. The fucking... Uh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> Off to IMDB we go. I'm just going to type in Gabriel right. Byrne, and I'm going to see... Oh, no, it's not him. It's another dude, I think. Is he that weird-looking German dude who's, who's in movies who, like, he's not an attractive man. Like, he, he's got a very intense-looking face. Maybe. Let's see here. Hold on. Gabriel Byrne. Let me tell you. Okay, let's start in the 90s, because no, that's probably... it's not you. him. It's another guy. I don't know. Okay, whatever. Gabriel... Yeah, Gabriel Byrne is the, like, the evil Nazi dude. Usual suspects. Shit, I thought he was in uh, Man in the Iron Mask. <laughs> Enemy of the State. End of Days. Stigmata, bunch of other shit. I clearly did my research. Okay, anyway, this is dumb, so go on. Scott Glenn. What else is he in? Oh, oh, yeah, no, this dude. This dude, Scott Glenn. So Scott Glenn is this random dude who shows up and he, like, stops Ian McKellen from releasing the evil dude into into the wild, pretty much. People will recognize Scott Glenn as being stick in the uh, the new Daredevil Daredevil television show. He's the he's his trainer. Yes, I understand that because that is the thing that I've seen amazingly. That was the one thing that I re- that I recognized him from. I was like, "Dude, that that guy looks so familiar." Yeah. What? Um anyway, Scott Glenn comes in, stops Ian McKellen from um fucking up and then like randomly like sleeps with his daughter, Ian McKellen's daughter. And uh yeah, and like more shit goes down and I don't even know. I I that's seriously that's like that's all I can actually say about the movie. It was it was very weird. So from what I've read, yes. I want to I want to hear this. Uh and I'm just paraphrasing cuz I'm not going to bother going back to the Wikipedia. So the the movie was I guess like 3 hours long or like almost 3 hours long or something. So the studio cut it against the will of like uh, uh, Michael Mann because I guess it was a much longer movie and so I think they changed the ending and they cut out so much because it was like it was studio cuts like it wasn't like the director so they cut out so much that it apparently just made the movie incomprehensible because they just they removed chunks of stuff that actually were like important to understanding what the plot was yeah i didn't understand anything and they said also to the point where you actually hear the music sometimes just stop because they literally like cut in the middle of tracks and like there's no like proper fade out or anything like it's just like the music just will just stop yeah and then a scene will go on the scene that i was talking about when like the two soldiers steal one of the crosses off the wall like I'll ha- I have to go back and rewatch it, but I feel like the the music in that scene just kind of randomly it started. There was like no intro to the scene at all. You know, it just like started blasting as background music, and I was like, it didn't really phase me <clears throat> because I, I I figured oh that's just how they wanted wanted it to happen. But it makes sense if they're just like literally just like snipping with scissors and starting a scene. Yeah, if, uh, when you read interviews with Michael Mann, like, he he disowned the movie, so there will never be, like, a Blu-ray or an extended cut or anything, like, so the only, this film only exists in that, the format that you see it, although I think I read that there is alternate versions, like, on television, some of them restored the ending, because the studio, I guess, cut out so much that the, that the movie actually has, like, a happy ending. Mm-hmm. But the studio originally literally just lopped that off to save, like, another, like, seven minutes or something. Because I guess, like, the dude, Scott Glenn, I think, in the version that I think that went to cinemas originally, like, he's just dead. Maybe the version you saw, you see him be alive at the end. I don't even know what happened. I think he's just, I think he just died at the end. 
of my version. I didn't like get any strong feelings from it. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just like, okay, cool. I don't, I don't care if this dude is dead. But, um, <laughs> but, the, but the thing, like, the problem is, like, it has the potential to be such a cool movie, mm-hmm. and like, it, it would be really cool to like see like the uncut version. I wonder if they remade it what they I mean I'm sure like every time they remake a movie it's awful but like I mean I don't know if it could be as bad as this <laughs> but the, the, the thing is it's like if they remake it it's like the one redeeming quality is the soundtrack yeah 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 speaking of soundtracks let's listen to some music and then we'll keep talking about it how about that yep is that cool you like that segue uh, okay yeah, here, here's that was, a that's good <laughs> All right, here's a track. Uh, what do we got? We got... Here's another one from uh, Natural Phonograph Music, or Phonograph. I don't know if it's Phono or Phono, which I believe is a problem we're going to have later on in the show as well when I talk to Marco. But anyways, uh, here is a track uh, by Natural Phonograph Music, and this is Cyberpunk Love.
And that was Cyberpunk Love by Natural Phonograph Music, or Phonograph. And that was uh, brought to you by my lovely uh, $10 Pattersons. There's fucking Slunks. There's Joshua Evison, Will Lowe, Winfield, and Colin Bennett. And uh, while we're here, we actually have a new donor this week, uh, which is pretty cool. It's Skywolf with the triple seven. So that's exciting. Thanks, Skywolf, uh, for donating to the show. That's cool. Triple seven. That's a that's a new one. That's exciting. And uh, we're still catching up with Florence, who watched the keep. Another thing I noticed too. They said when they rushed it and edited the shit out of it. I think they also ran out of budget or something for proper post-production and so and especially sound design and that's something i noticed too in that scene that i told you i really liked Mm -hmm. uh you know where molasar takes uh gabriel Byrne's soul Mm -hmm. you can tell like the sound design is horrible it's like he crushes the cross and you can literally hear almost like the tape sound effects stop and start for the sound effect of the of the cross like hitting the ground and then grabbing Gabriel Byrne by the neck and you hearing like the neck kind of sound, but you can almost hear like them pressing play on an individual sound effect and then pressing stop. If you bring in a sound, if you're audio editing, you have to like blend the sound in and fade at the edges, you know, right? And so you don't don't hear that. So you literally hear like almost like a hard cut and and when he crushes the cross, it doesn't actually make a sound effect. Oh, Jesus. Someone had like a day to like put sound effects into the movie and they just said to throw, uh, what do we need? Uh, you know, cross falling on the ground. Okay, we'll get that sound effect in. Like, what about a sound for crushing it? Uh, we don't have time to make any cool sounds, so just leave it blank. <laughs> and you can really tell, even in that one sequence, like, oh, wow, like this got fucking rushed, which sucks because it looks like the movie has some really cool imagery. Yeah, there are some really cool parts. And like, again, it's helped by the soundtrack too. Like, the soundtrack is awesome. But the way they used it, like, eh, they could have used it better. So... It was a weird one. It was hard to it was hard to get through. I had to watch it in like two parts. We doing thumbs up or thumbs down on the keep? Ugh, I mean, I I have to say thumbs down because it's just such an awful movie. <laughs> That's okay. But you know, Tangerine Dream did a good job, and it sucks that this awesome soundtrack is like buried with this shitty movie that could have been really cool. It's all the studio's fault. Because how did I see it? Ariel, the artist, Sucker Brule or whatever, you know, who does all those, uh, the cool art for, um, you know, like Perturbator and uh, Alex uh, album covers and stuff. You know, he's always got those sketches of like uh, ladies with their boobs out. Naked ladies. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, because he posted the picture and the picture he posted when he when he said like, hey, just you got to see this movie or whatever. And it was like the picture of Molasar. And I'm like, how do I not know about this film? Yeah. Like, how is there some weird sci-fi 80s film where there's that character in there with like glowing red eyes who talks in that voice like Mm -hmm. with a tangerine dream score directed by michael mann i'm just like how have i never known about this Mm -hmm. and that's why because uh they buried it yeah it's too bad yeah i think i saw the like the poster of it online it's it's like a super 80s looking outrun poster type of deal and it, it's very simple looking and i was like ooh, that seems like a really awesome movie mm-hmm. let me check that out i'm like oh mm, maybe not that's really crazy so that's why like that's why you saw it yeah no i saw the poster i thought it was cool and then i found out like oh tangerine dream did the soundtrack like that's awesome so then like i'll watch it sure that's like that's enough to get me to watch like a random weird movie yeah it's an unfortunate thing that happened to this 
<laughs> poor movie. <laughs> just I feel I feel bad for it. It's like I want it to be so good, but it's not. I feel that way about any movie where you just you sense so much potential, mm-hmm. and it's 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 frustrating. And from what I've seen of the keep and read about it, it's like that seems to be the case. Like I look at it and go. Every, all of that, all of those ingredients should be just like you said, like amazing. Like that should be like one of the coolest movies ever made. And the fact that it's been buried and no one wants to talk about it, and it's like okay, like that sucks. But you know, these things happen. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, how about this? We'll listen to another track and then we'll we'll wind this down. Maybe we'll like uh, we'll liven the mood a bit. Yeah, okay. It's all the d- depressing talking about this this film that could have been good that was shit. I like that idea. Maybe we can talk about what what you had for dessert or something. Okay. <laughs> All right, here's a song. This is Maids, or M-A-D-E-S. I think this is actually just like a remix album of the track Miami Life. And this is Miami Life, the Highway Superstar Remix.
All right, and that was Maids, or M-A-D-E-S, and that was Miami Life, the Highway Superstar Remix. And that was brought to you by my lovely uh, $5 Pattersons, but first, actually, my lovely $6.17 Patterson, Polar Wildcat Studios, and then, of course, my lovely $5 Pattersons, Ethan Hennings. Oh, I think we got a new one here, Sven Bomanis. Sven Bomanis? B-A-U-M-A-N-I-S. How do you pronounce your last name, buddy? Is it Bomanis? Is it Bomanis? Is it Bomani? Is it Bomanu? Thanks, Sven, uh, for your support of Beyond Synth. Uh, I appreciate it, and I won't uh, lead you astray. Don't know what that means. And then, of course, there's Rob Dyson, City Bat, Christopher Albert, Daniel Dexias, Star Nomad, Michelle Vasquez, Tim Ross, and Neon Knox. And, of course, we are still here with Florence, who is catching up with the keep, who gave it a thumbs down. So we can probably uh, bring this segment to a close. But did you do anything fun? today or yesterday or since i spoke with you last i made guacamole for dinner for the first time no for like the millionth time but it was really good i got a good batch of avocados so when you're making guacamole what does that mean what are you serving it with (laughs) it's just like a dip and or a spread right i mean like spreading it on pitas you, you what are you doing i dip chips in it and just eat it that way so there's like a little bit of crunch hmm so in a way, you had chips for dinner. Yep, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> Tortilla chips for dinner. Mm. Yeah, I, I had a mint arrow bar for dinner. Ooh, mint chocolate. That sounds delicious. Oh my gosh! Wait, you know, you know that? Um, I think it's a German chocolate company called Milka. Is it Milka? No, I, I think it's Himmler. No, no, this is a, it's from Switzerland. Oh, sorry. Um, I was gifted a Milka chocolate bar. It's like milk chocolate with Oreo pieces inside of it. The way you worded that is, uh, <laughs> I was gifted. It's like a chocolate bar was bestowed upon me. Somebody gave me a fucking chocolate bar. That was nice of them. And it was a Milka chocolate bar. Okay. It was a milk Milka chocolate bar with Oreo. Do you have a, a Swiss suitor? Is that what's happening? <laughs> no. Oh, God. Nope. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, it was really, it was really delicious. <laughs> All right. Do you give the fucking Milka chocolate bar a thumbs up or a thumbs down? <laughs> that gets a thumbs up for sure. Milka. Yeah, no, European uh, chocolate, mm-hmm. it's superior. In fact, I was talking to... Uh, Volta about it a few weeks ago and uh, now you've seen firsthand. Oh yeah. You've seen the truth. Oh my god. You know what I love? Um, Have you ever had Crunchies? The chocolate bar? Yeah, the chocolate bar. Yeah, yeah. that used to be my favorite chocolate bar as a kid. Yeah. And I went through a phase where when I was young, like Crunchy was my chocolate bar. Like I loved Crunchy and then there was a period of time where I sort of transitioned to Twix where, like, Twix was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And now whenever I go to the store or I go get candy, I don't see Crunchy as much. Maybe that's why I'm not I'm not getting it. Well, yeah, Crunchy was always sort of like a novelty because it's from... It's 
Is it Cadbury's? Have they phased it out? I don't... Oh, God, I hope not. Well, because when I go to the store, for the past, I'm going to say, like, decade at least, it's always been Twix. I've always gone for the Twix, and I feel like if a Crunchy Bar was in sight, I would have gone for it, but I don't. Now, I know it still exists, I think. Yeah. Is it a Europe thing? Because, like, it was always kind of a novelty here because it's not one of the normal, like, chocolate. But it used to be front and center over here, man. And, like, yeah. you, you know you know when you check out, like, you're at the grocery mm-hmm. store or whatever, and, like, next to the aisles, they'll have racks of things, like, you know, like, yep. chocolate bars and gum and stuff that you can grab, like, on the way out. Mm-hmm. And, like, Crunchy isn't one of the chocolate bars that's on that display anymore. It's like, if you want Crunchy, you got to go to, like, the candy section of the grocery store or whatever, but they they don't put it up front. We have to go to special candy stores to get Crunchies. (laughs) I wonder. Yeah, maybe they're just not shipping them over to North America or something. I want a Crunchy bar. I know. God damn it. Well, listen, it was fun talking to you. Yeah. Go get a crunchy bar. Yeah, yeah. We'll reconvene on this issue. and We'll, we'll talk about it next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good talking to you. And we'll, uh, we'll catch up with Florence next time. See ya. All right. And that was my conversation with Florence. Talking about chocolate bars and the keep. I hope you uh, enjoyed that. Why don't you tell me in the comments what your favorite chocolate bar is? Hey, you want to say hi to a baby? <laughs> Those gibberish words. You gotta learn to speak English. You gotta learn to speak English. And then you can throw to the next song. You want to throw to the next song? Say... We got a track from... You tired? No? Don't give me that face. (laughs) I should have had you introduce that Russian song. Something tells me you could have said the title better than I could have. Anyway, let's listen to some music and then we'll, uh, I guess we'll go and uh, chat with Marco. So here's a song from Lost Outrider, and this track is called Forever AM, featuring Christopher Strandberg.
And that was Lost Outrider, Forever AM, featuring Christopher Strandberg. And that was uh, uh, brought to you by my lovely $5 Pattersons. There's Jared Glenn, Damian Rudies, Ross Pentland, Halla, Phil Clothier, Lee McConnell, Zychorax, Brad Neiman, Facehugger, Marco Cranendonk, Corey Valentine, Timothy Pierce, and Starlight Fisher. Should we just go chat with Marco? Or should we listen to another song first? Should I tease it out? Now, nah, whatever. We'll just go talk to Marco. <laughs> Marco, And we are keeping it 80s with Marco Merrick. <laughs> Hello, Andy. How you doing, buddy? I'm okay. How you been? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's been a little bit hot here. Bit of a heat wave here. But uh, I've been reading about all the shit you guys have been copping up there, and it's kind of scary. Yeah, you'll uh, you'll have quite the transition when you uh, come uh, to North America. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> well, you have like a warm February and then a fucking freezing... March. This is fucking weird, man. Because I mean, it's been it's been warm and cold, alternating different weeks. Because we're in February right now. No, we're not. We're in March. We're in March. Today is yeah, March. We're in March. Yeah. Actually, we're a week into March. What am I? Yeah, fuck, what man. the fuck's going on, man? Dude, I'm fucking out of it. <laughs> my daughter has like a cold, and so she keeps like waking up when she's sleeping. And so, like last night, I was like awake like every hour, like, and uh, my neck is sore. But those are the joys of parenthood. Um, awesome. Yeah, so what's, uh, what's been going on in the life of Marco? I haven't talked to you in a little bit. I've been playing this game down at the skate portal on virtual reality. You're going to love hearing about this. What's it called? It's called Techno Lust, and it's very uh, Blade Runner crossed with Tron mm-hmm. aesthetic, set in the future, and it's really cool. So good music in it, and um, yeah, it's right up my alley. I think you'd like it too, to be honest. Yeah, now you sent me... A- a video, but it looked like just walking around a city. Yeah, that's the one, I think. It's that I sent it to you. There hasn't actually been that much action in it. Like, it's more like a detective kind of game. You're looking for clues. You pick this up and take it there. That sort of shit. Yeah. But uh, there is... There's a lot of homages in it. Like, you go to an arcade, and I can't remember the name of it. It's not Flynn's Arcade, but it's something very close, like... Glenn's Arcade or something. I'm like, straight away, I'm like, oh my god, you know. So you go in there and it's very Tron-like. And then uh, part of the game is you have to play some of the arcade games to progress. And that's kind of cool because you're actually in an arcade in VR. It's really cool. Yeah, it's kind of trippy. I was like, what the fuck? I'm playing a video game. Anyway, it's um, it was kind of cool. And uh, you, actually, you end up going to Mars as well, which was really cool. <laughs> Did you get your ass to Mars? Yeah, and the guy says it to get your ass to Mars. It, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of images. I know, it's really cool. That's why I really liked it. Like, there's a lot of, lot of cool shit in it. So. Well, I told yeah. the listeners last week that my little VR experience. So, basically, my headset's still out in the shop. So, what happened was, to get you caught up, I, uh, I got a PlayStation VR, but I got it used, and I got a good deal... Except it 
didn't work right when I got it home, and uh, I don't have a warranty and none of that shit. And then fucking later on that day when I'm calling Sony to get it fixed, uh, they like dropped the price, and on Newegg, like it was there for four seventy. Like I bought it for four hundred bucks used PSVR, which is actually a good price. Uh, well, it wasn't really. No, it wasn't really <laughs> because now, so I got fucked because so I have to pay Sony hundred bucks to fix it, oh. which means which means now. Had I just bought it off Newegg, I would have paid the same price and had an additional game. So even if I don't like playing Skyrim or Doom, I could at least go to the store and trade them in, like you know, for something else. Let me get this straight. You, so basically, you pay five. You, you're paying five hundred because you're getting it fixed. Yes. And then at the end of that, you're gonna have a secondhand unit. Mm-hmm. And without a game. So you could have saved, what, 30 bucks? Mm-hmm. you, Andy, sometimes. Yes. So the bottom line is I got Fox. <laughs> I'm just going to, I mean, I'm going to eat the cost or whatever. It sucks, though, right? Because, I mean. It does, but what do you do? Yeah, like, I can't. There's nothing I can do. And So anyway, so I tried it out. Mostly I was frustrated by the fact that it wasn't sending the signal to the TV. But the VR itself worked. So I did play some demos. And um, it came with Skyrim, but I only played it for, like, two seconds. And it, it was enough to sort of get a feel for, like, kind of what was going on. And uh, I did get like a little nauseous uh, with certain games, but I feel like it's more to do with the limitation of the technology than than VR itself. Yeah, because the stuff that the stuff that would make me feel weird is when like the tracking was off a bit. Okay, yeah. I can give you vertigo a little bit, I think, yeah. It might be more common with PlayStation VR than with the other ones just because of the way uh, the PSVR tracks. So it's got lights on the helmet and basically you have a camera, right? You have the PlayStation mm-hmm. camera that sits, you know, where your TV is, like the Wii with the Wii sensor bar. Yeah. And so it's tracking the movement of the helmet. I mean, the helmet obviously has like shit, other shit inside it, but it's also looking at the lights on the helmet. So... There are certain things that kind of cause interference, like um, since the move controllers also have lights on them, whenever I was playing a gun game and I had to put my hand in front of my face, it would actually kind of make the tracking go a little wiggly for a second. Right. And that would throw me off. So everything could be going fine, but then the second something is even slightly out of place, like if I look down and there's a desk in front of me, but instead of the desk looking like it's like solidly on the ground, it's almost kind of like floating, mm-hmm. um, just because of the weird perspective or like the way that it's tracking the head movement, that would throw me off and I would be like, oh, weird, like we, I don't like this. But then for other stuff, like if you're just, standing still so i played a, a game called which is exclusive for sony uh called uh, the heist they're all sort of tech demos but this one is like it's got shooting in it and it's fun because it has a fun reload mechanic where you actually like pick up the clips with your left hand and you have to like slam them into the bottom of the gun and you could do a cool thing where you could stack the clips on the table vertically so if you had like the uzi and you ran out of bullets you can like slam the uzi down on the table where the clips are stacked up to to reload the gun so that's really cool but i found it like i i preferred just doing the target practice in that game you're just in a warehouse Mm-hmm. And you're just shooting at cans and targets, but there's you're not moving around. You're in one place, just shooting at stuff. And I enjoyed that. I feel like the PlayStation VR is like the Wii of VR. Probably right. I've never used one. Probably you're probably right. Yeah. So you know they've had to make some concessions to make it the like the cheapest version. So it is VR and it works. Um, but I know, for example, you know, like the headset is lower resolution than if you're using a Vive or an Oculus. Mm-hmm. That when you're using a Vive, you're putting sensors around your room. 
I imagine it probably tracks your head motion. The more senses, the better. The more yeah. senses, the better. Yeah, you need at least two, really. Because if you're turning around the other way, which sometimes you do, Yeah. I mean, what you know, anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, like, in the PlayStation VR, you can turn around, but it's mostly designed for you to be facing forward. Like, that is the thing. So, again, it's the barrier to entry kind of thing when it comes to money. So, yeah, I got fucked, but I mean... PlayStation VR, you get a PlayStation for $3.99, you get the VR for $4.99, you've got VR, right? So, I mean, if you want to get a Vive, the the helmet itself is like 800 bucks Canadian, and then you need a powerful computer to actually yeah, play the games. And so, yeah. so I accept those limitations, but it's still annoying that mine was fucking broken. No, it doesn't sound like a great experience, but uh, hopefully when you get it back, it will work properly and you'll have some fun with it. Yeah. I mean, the thing, to, the thing with VR is, like, you need to get a little bit of motion sickness. I think it, it depends a lot on the way that you play the game like some games have got options of how you move yes the problem is i think is if you're stationary like you're standing still but you're using the control the analog stick or whatever to move right if you're using that to move long distances so you're moving right in on the screen you're moving but mm. you're standing still really in real life that fucks with your head and i notice it does it with me and i think something like 70 percent of people have that issue yeah i think it's something like that anyway um so a lot of games have the option where you can teleport Yes, I so I did play a demo. Um, I mean, I can get... Like, I was looking at the games that were available for the PlayStation VR, because a lot of them have been ported. So I know you said you played a lot of that Arizona Sunshine. Like, I can get that for mm-hmm. PlayStation. Yeah. I was playing a demo for a game called Raw Data, which is, like, exactly what you're saying. Like, with your left hand, you sort of, like, point, and then, like, it makes, like, a circle, like, in the distance. And yeah. then when you hit the trigger, you sort of just fly immediately to that circle, so you don't actually ever walk. Yeah. In, in Raw Data, you can even press a button to turn. So, like, if you want to turn all the way around, you just press a button and you just sort of like your vision just flips there and and that was fine I was fine with that the stuff that made me motion sick was just whenever the tracking was weird in that London heist game there was a fair bit of that where there's parts where you're like right in front of a desk and the desk was so close that it just didn't move correctly. Like, it, it wasn't... Mm-hmm. But it was cool what was going on. Since the PlayStation VR has a microphone in it, there's a part where you, like, pick up a cigar and smoke it. And when you exhale and make, like, the, the sound of, like, the... With your breath, it actually makes the smoke come out of the cigar. Like, you oh, actually... That's blew, cool. Like, so, it had a lot of little fun ideas. But there were some technical things that made me feel a little weird. There was a... There's a sequence where you're shooting an Uzi out of, like, a moving car. And he's, like, driving fast fast down the highway and you're like shooting out the window and that level made me go like nope i had like i had to take the headset off and like just kind of take a break for a little bit like mm-hmm. but yeah anyway listen let's play a song and you can talk to me more all right well there's an album that came out uh it's a couple of weeks ago now um that's really been impressing me uh it's from phono ghosts and severo uh it's called alive in the timeless void and it is available at Phonolift.bandcamp.com. Um, I really like this. It's just fresh and a little bit different to um, a lot of stuff going around at the moment. Anyway, the track I want to play off that is my favorite one off the album, and that's Mystic Lagoon. Sweet. Well, let's fucking uh, check it out, man. This is Mystic Lagoon by Phono Ghosts and Sparrow.
And that was Phono Ghosts and Sparrow with the track Mystic Lagoon. And that was brought to you by uh, my lovely $5 Pattersons. There's Barons of Santa Carla, Rawl Pud, Tristan Waits, Dana Jean Phoenix, Stu M, and Night Raptor. Do you think he says Phono Ghosts or Phono Ghosts? It maybe says either. I don't know, man. I don't know. How do you pronounce P-H-O-N-O? Well, I think it's Phono and Phono, right? Like different people, it's like data and data. Like different people say yeah, different well, things. You say it how you want, then I know. Sorry if I fucked it up. I don't know. And is it a Sphero or Sphero? No, it's uh, it's actually <laughs> Sphero. Sphero. Oh, does he say it that way, Sphero? Yeah, he does on the interview. Yeah, yeah. I was born Sphero, but it's Sphero. Ooh, I didn't actually know that. I think I've said Sphero. Anyway, I've used to always say Sphero too. Even after the interview, I didn't know it was until I listened back two years later. I was like, how the fuck did I miss that? Anyway, <laughs> anyway um, some of the shit you miss, say, eh? like, you just swear I'm an idiot. Anyway, uh, all right, so. Yeah, well, apparently, let's get back to VR. Apparently, the fucking, the problem as well is, like, with racing games, they have a lot of that problem. Because this place I used to go to had, like, a car set up and everything, and I never got to use it because... <sighs> okay, so it was, they had two cars, right? But then one of them was under repairs, so then I wanted to wait and play it with somebody else for my first time. I was like, no, no, I'm waiting to get it in. And then when I came in the next time, I was like, no, we scrapped them. Like, it was just too much trouble. And I'm like, what? I never even got to use it. But apparently one of the reasons, the re- main reason they got rid of it was because everyone was getting sick from it. So. It clearly is like a major issue because even when you turn on any of the games on PlayStation, like it always starts with a big warning. It's just like, if you get motion sick, take it off, you know, like stop playing. Yeah. I can tell you, I played Skyrim for a few minutes and I'm probably not going to keep it. Like I love Skyrim, but I don't know if I have an interest in playing it in VR. Like for me, I've always enjoyed Skyrim as like a passive experience, like I lay down on the couch and I just, Mm. you know, play it for a few minutes and just, but um, I just wanted to try it out with the motion controllers because I just wanted to see what it was like to swing a sword and use the bow and arrow and stuff like that. But I couldn't use that control style right away and they made me use the joysticks first. The second I started walking, I had to throw the, the headset off. The way Skyrim starts is you're, you're, you're brought in on a cart with, the, with this dude, and you're, you're, there's this execution going on, and so you're watching them execute a dude, then they put you on the chopping block, but then right before you get killed, a dragon shows up, and that's how the game starts. That's right, I remember you. And then you have to run with this guy up a tower, uh, like up a winding staircase. They're giving me the tutorial, and like, you know, press the... Uh, left stick to move and the second i moved forward it took like it took like one second of movement to go like nope (laughs) nope like i had to take the helmet off i was just like no way like i hated it now i know that they have the teleport function in there but it was i feel like it was sort of you couldn't activate the motion control control scheme until you at least played with the joystick first and i couldn't do it so the only way i could really play it is when i get the vr fixed if I can actually just play the tutorial on the TV until it lets me use the other control style and then switch. But since the TV wasn't working, um, I had to do everything in the VR. And it also was annoying because it's no, it's no fun. Like, because I brought the VR, like, we were going to, like, have fun as a family, right? And, like, you know, well, in my case, like, my wife or my son, who actually technically isn't supposed to play VR, kids aren't supposed to play it. But I did let him try it for, like, two minutes, you know. But, yeah, like, so, you know, the whole point was, like, my wife, you know, she wants to watch me playing. She wants to laugh at, like, me fumbling around and see what I'm doing on the screen and, and m- me with her, right? And so the fact that we couldn't do that was, like, no fun because I put the helmet on and then... I wouldn't be able to see the TV, so if they couldn't navigate the menus, I couldn't explain, like, what to do. Yeah. 
because I can't see what they're doing. So it's just like, you know, I, I would try to set up the game as best I could. Then I put the helmet on them and then like, like, now what? I'm like, isn't it going? Like, nope. I'm like, fuck. And then I got to take the helmet off and put it on again. And like, yeah, so it, it was just, it was just disappointing. Oh, that way, so. frustrated the hell out of me. I'm not one of those people like I have people over and watching a movie and something's not right with the sound and nobody else can notice. But I know because it's my sound system. Yeah. So I spent three hours trying to get it right. And everyone's just like, what the fuck? You know, like. I, I can't let it go. Like, that shit. Ugh. Oh, no, dude. I'm the exact same way. And in my oh. whole life, it's just the way things work, the way things are set up my whole life, the TVs in my life, the computers, my offices, they've always been in sort of not the most convenient locations. So, like, my high school life, literally, a lot of it was me yelling behind a TV, like, squished in against a wall, trying to plug wires in that I couldn't see because it was dark back there. That's, what, like, one of my most vivid memories is like just yelling going like where the fuck's the cable and like not knowing how to hook things up because I couldn't see what was going on because so I always had this fantasy of like my ultimate TV room and my ultimate office where everything's just like in the middle of the room where it's really easy to get access to the things. That would be pretty cool, actually. And so I know what you're saying, like, because I'm so frustrated. So, like, you know, when I got the VR home, I was so excited to try it out. And then what should have been a fun evening just turned out to be me for, like, four hours getting mad at my family while I'm, like, unplugging cables and plugging them in again and going on the Internet looking for tips. And, of course, it must be a faulty unit because everyone who had the same problem had different solutions, which usually means that, like, no one knows anything. Like, you know, it's just like, oh, you getting the black screen? Oh, well, you just got to switch your HDMI cables. And, oh, you just got to go into the PlayStation menu and turn off the fucking Hub G option to fucking Prolo or whatever. And just, like, like everyone's... I, I made that part up. But, like, there's... Basically, everyone's got advice like that. And you're just like, fuck, but this thing's supposed to be plug and play. Like, you're not supposed to have to go into, like, 10 sub-menus and turn off RGB scaling to get a picture on your TV. Like, that's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work. I hooked it up to, like, different televisions in the house. And anyway, so it just turned out to be, like, a really frustrating fucking night. And Well, VRs can be a little bit glitchy anyway. I mean, they're not. And it's not a perfect science yet, that's for sure. I mean, even even just, like, if somebody hasn't played it before, you really got to go through everything with them. Ah, oh, fuck, why is this? I can't see this. Or I can't do that, and yeah. like I don't know. It just they seem to you people seem to come up with a lot of problems. So I, I have noticed that. But uh, now it's because you've been playing VR for a while. Like, yeah, did you have to get used to it? Like, did you find? Oh, that the, for sure. Okay. The first time, I mean, the first time was incredible. Like, I'll never forget my first experience with it. Uh, I was there with a friend, and I just just tripped. I couldn't believe it because we played Arizona Sunshine. And we, I might have been a little bit high, but anyway, we um, <laughs> we were. Uh, you know, we're just like, man, I'm like, as soon as you put it on, you realise it's the first time. I'm like, fuck, it's like I'm in another world, you know? Like, I'm literally there, you know? And then I'm looking around, and then my friend's standing there, and his legs are all twisted, and, and I'm like, oh, my God, what are you doing? You know, and it was just like, it was like, it was really funny. And, like, I mean, we played for an hour, and we didn't even get past the first bridge. So I really had trouble with uh, reloading, with the ammo, with which buttons. You know, it's just, just everything. It really does take a little bit of time to get used to. Does... Being drunk help with the nausea? I don't know. I haven't played it drunk, so I can't tell you. Okay. Uh, Are you a drunk? Are you, like, a drunkard? Nah, I'm not a drunk. Okay. I'm not a stoner either, so I'm neither. But, uh, like, when you're on a boat or something, you know, they say drink, and it sort of, like, helps the seasickness and stuff? My theory is maybe getting drunk actually, like, might help. <laughs> 
Yeah, oh, that's a lot of shit, though, that crap. Isn't it? You drink on a boat. <laughs> How does drinking not make you feel less sick? It could. I mean, maybe it's an old wives' tale. It, it probably is. all sorts of things. I've had, I've had painters tell me, oh, you drink and the fumes don't affect you. I'm like, <laughs> what the fucking bullshit is that? It's, it's just, I don't know, man. It just sounds like complete horseshit. It's an old wives' tale to make an excuse for drinking, I think. But uh, I really don't see how it could possibly help. I mean, it's probably more fun, though. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, listen, <laughs> let's uh, listen to more music. All right, I'm going to put a track here from Vincenzo Salvia that I've been meaning to play for a while, the Pineapple Pizza Slayer. Everybody knows, well, if you don't know, you should know that pineapple does not belong on pizza, and Vincenzo's the expert on the subject, so listen to him, and he knows. Um, but this track, this track's pretty epic, nonetheless. All right, sweet. Well, let's listen to some fucking Vincenzo Salvia with the track, The Pineapple Pizza Slayer.
And that was the Pineapple Pizza Slayer by Vincenzo Salvia. And that was Marco's second pick of the week. And that, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon Pattersons, the Rosconian, Simon Norberg, Matthew Lister, Dougie Fresh, Bobby B, Cunning Corvid, Roman, Joe and Lando, and Kai. And if you want to uh, support Beyond Synth too, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash beyond synth. We're talking VR and stuff. So besides that, that one game you were playing, what was it called again? That fucking detective... Techno Lust. Techno Lust. Yeah, last time I, last time I played it, I was explore, literally exploring Mars. It was so cool. I was like, oh my God. And actually, they actually let me go outside. No way. <laughs> so that was really cool. That's the thing with VR as well. I find you can't play for as long uh, periods of time. It's a lot on your senses and it's a lot... Um, it does start hurting your head after a while, you know. I mean, if, I, if I'm in a really good engrossing game, I can play for eight, ten hours. No problem. You know, on the console or on the... On the PC, but with a headset, I think three hours is about my max. And I'm like, oh, I've had enough. I need to lie down or just do something else. I found I played it in sort of 15-minute kind of bursts. Like I'd put the helmet on and do some target practice and then take it off. I found that when I was on, when I was playing VR for a while and when I took the headset off, it kind of did weird things to like my actual vision. Yeah, it does. It does a little bit. Sometimes I'd be looking around almost as if like I noticed glitches in VR and then I would look in my real vision and almost see like not glitches necessarily but like the way that your eyes focus Mm -hmm. so like items that would be like close to me would kind of be like kind of wibbly and shaky and I'd be like oh weird it's like it's like VR and then like you know I don't know I can't explain it necessarily but it did weird things to my actual vision like it made me feel a little weird yeah that's pretty normal can you just hang on a sec I've got a fucking massive cricket on the wall hang on just kill the bastard. <laughs> oh, man. Son of a bitch. I couldn't concentrate. Score him right there. Anyway, I got him. I got him all good. Yeah, that's pretty normal, man. Uh, I think he gets better with time. You get more used to it. Um, but the, if I remember the first few times, uh, yeah, man, totally. It fucks with your vision. And then even like if I had to drive afterwards, because usually I, I'd be playing it at a, at, at a store. It wasn't at home. So I'd have to drive. So I'd, I need to sit down for half an hour before I drive. Um, just to get my uh, vision adjust. Now I'm just like, I'm a veteran now. Whatever. It doesn't really, it doesn't have that effect anymore. It's really neat though. Like I, I definitely do, uh, I definitely do think it's cool. I should say also, I think last time you were on the show, you were talking about Cloverfield, uh, yes. Ten Cloverfield Lane. So I did end up, I did end up watching that. Ah, we can talk about it finally. Would you like it? Yeah, yeah. John Goodman's really good in it. Eh? I thought John Goodman was very good in it. Yeah, the weakest part for me was the kind of more Hollywood aspects of it. Spoiler alert for, I guess, the whole thing, 10 Cloverfield Lane. It's been out for ages, come on, it doesn't, yeah. Not so much to do with the alien thing at the end, but there, you know, when when she figures out that he must have kidnapped that girl, mm-hmm. there's this moment of, like, insane coincidences that, like, kind of made me laugh, where, you know, she goes up to that, to that room and the girl has written, like, help me or something on the glass or scratched it in, and then she, like goes down and finds like some brooch or a, a earring or something and then she goes up and tells the boy like look what I found and she's like wearing the shirt and he's like what about this and he pulls out a picture <laughs> that has the kidnapped girl and she's wearing the same yeah. shirt that she's wearing and got the fucking earring and the brain it was I like it on so thick <laughs> it was like just like why didn't they just turn to the camera just be like he killed the girl like it was so it was too many things like I felt like they were trying to condense stuff mm. maybe it would have been better if 
you know, the t-shirt revelation wasn't at the exact same time as like the other 10 revelations about it. So, cause yeah. it just felt like what an amazing coincidence that you stumbled upon a picture of the girl that was hidden. I've just been hiding this down my pants for the last week. <laughs> and the girl in the picture happens to be wearing the exact same shirt that you're wearing right after you found the fucking message. She, like it was just, it was too much at the same time. So it was a little silly, but that was fine. And at the end, I didn't totally buy that she could have taken down that ship. Yeah, that's... Like, it, the last 10 minutes are a bit... Yeah. It's fun. Like, it's a fun idea. Like, I didn't... It didn't bother me, but it, it definitely was sort of like... It was a little far-fetched that she was able to take down the ship. Like, that's... Sometimes there's certain scenes in movies where I feel like people are thinking a little too well on their feet. That's true. And, you know, like, she's fucking, like, getting sucked into this thing in a car and, like, flying all over the place but still has the wherewithal. Yeah, look at all the shit she's had to deal with. She's basically just been fucking kidnapped. She's in the fucking room and then she realizes and she has this... Then she sees her roommate or whatever she's become pretty good friends with just get killed right in front of her. Yeah. And then she's struggling to get away from him and she's burning the place down. Half his face is melted. She gets out and then there's fucking aliens as well, you know? And it's like, I mean, you know, the normal person wouldn't be able to deal with them. That's a lot to deal with. (laughs) I mean, there's something exciting about sequences like that in like kind of Hollywood movies, but then sometimes when people are just too good at thinking on their feet, it's just a little unbelievable. I mean, I just think of my own life and obviously I'm not necessarily an example of someone who thinks well on their feet, but like I can be just thrown off so easy. Mm. You know, like if, I, if I'm in the kitchen and like all of a sudden I turn around and my elbow like bumps a glass and it shatters on the floor, I'm like confused for the next few seconds. Like I like I can't, I'm just like what the fuck? Like d- the sound of the breaking glass like just shuts all the other parts of my brain off. And like you know, I imagine if you're like a soldier or somebody, like you're trained to deal with those situations. Like when you have like uh, increases in adrenaline and stuff that you can actually like continue to focus and and follow through with the plan. But like. It's really distracting. And so if you're literally being, first of all, A, you don't even know that aliens are a thing. And now you're being sucked into an alien ship inside a car you've never driven before. And it's got tentacles like flying all over the place. And you and you can like, oh, but I can make a fucking Molotov cocktail and throw it inside the mouth of the ship. Like, I would just be sitting there like shitting and having a heart attack. Like, that's all that would happen. I would have got but killed by the. A, yeah. Oh, my God. This fucking it can't still be alive. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh my god! What the fuck? Is there two of them? Motherfucker! How the fuck is he still alive? That's crazy. That's like next level shit, man. What the fuck? I need it hard. Anyway, um. Marco is killing a cricket for anyone who, uh. Yeah, I know you're gonna leave that into one. Anyway, uh. Of course I am. Of course I was saying. Sorry, sorry. Um. Yeah, now look, what you're saying about that, I should have known that was coming because uh, I feel like an idiot for saying this and I'm embarrassed, but whatever. You know, there's like, I think it's three movies with all with Cloverfield in the name. They're all linked. Yes, now, well, yes. I, you know, I didn't know that at the time, and if I had known, then I would have known that the aliens are obviously there. But I like how it sort of takes you on twists and turns. Like, you sort of like, one second you're like, no, there really is something going on outside. And then you're like, no, it's not. And then you're kind of like, yeah, it is, and it's not. You know, so I kind of like how they keep doing that. And then even along the way, I like the sort of part where there's like, you know, there was the montage where they're kind of all having fun, you know, doing shit together. I, I don't know. There was kind of something cool about that whole bit. And 
and then even though like everything's tense, you know, and I don't know, I, I thought I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah, no, like the the strongest parts of the movie was the the not Cloverfield parts, and yeah. I think it's pretty well known that like that movie was sort of retrofitted to be Cloverfield. That's right. So yeah. it's like, you know, it, it would have been like some small kind of indie movie about a girl getting kidnapped and then they decided... Like last minute, kind of. I think that's what happened with that other Netflix one as well. Whereas like J.J. Abrams' company, like, you know, it invests in or buys like some small indie film and then they sort of rework it to have Cloverfield links. Mm. But they're essentially like kind of standalone movies. So like... Yeah. Yeah, there's probably a version of that film out there. I mean, not filmed, but I mean, maybe in the script form, where it was just a movie about a guy, a weird guy in a bunker who kidnaps a girl and a guy. And, like, that's that's the movie, you know? And the end of the film would just been, yeah. Yeah, that's what I reckon. And they bought the script and thought, oh, let's add a couple of bits in or something, yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, still, I mean, I but I enjoyed it. Uh, do you want to... Uh, play another song? Play me more music. So... Crozet bought out a new album finally. I think it's been like five years between albums. So, yeah, and the album's called Running Time. Uh, really good. Only just came out. It's available at crozet.bandcamp.com. Uh, the track I picked off it to play is a Moments of Nostalgia featuring Carl Cox. And that's not the Carl Cox, the techno legend from the UK. This is Carl Cox, the uh, sax player. Just had to clear that up. And I'm going to dedicate this one to Jazzy because the song's really beautiful and hot, just like Jazzy is. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good enough reason, ain't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's very sweet, Marco. (laughs) So let's uh, let's listen to this, man. This is Crozet with the track Moment of Nostalgia featuring Carl Cox.
And that was Moment of Nostalgia by Croze featuring Carl Cox. That was Marco's third pick of the week, a dedication to Jazzy. Marco will be seeing you soon. Fucking better be. All right? Uh, yes. I will. I'll be seeing you soon, honey. Yeah, so what are we talking about? Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, it's all good. Well, well, we could. Yeah, we can probably wind down. But what else do you got to say to me? You got you got other stuff going on? Well, the only other thing, exciting thing that's been going on is uh, Jazzy, myself, Protector One One, and Sam Todd Hunter, the awesome artist. Uh, we just finished playing uh, Zombie Army Trilogy. I think it's Sniper Elite. Zombie Army Trilogy is the full name of the game. But we finally finished it. We've been playing it for a while, uh, for ages, I think. And um, we finally beat Hitler um, in the last, last level just the other day. So that was really awesome. It was uh, really tough, but we got it. That's on uh, Steam? Steam, yeah, yeah. We played on PC, and uh, it, was, it was really cool. Uh, I think Jake posted some screenshots. But um, that was a really fun co-op game, and I recommend that to anyone that's looking for any co-op action. Really fun. Nazi Army Trilogy. Is it a first-person or a third-person? Uh, it's a third-person shooter, um, and as the title suggests, it's, it's very, uh, it's kind of creepy, a little, very creepy in parts. It's a lot of blood and gore and stuff, and, and you know, I mean, the only thing better than killing Nazis is, well, zombies and Nazis. You mix them together, it's incredible. It's like, it's so much fun killing them. So how long have you guys been working away on that, man? Probably three or four months, I'd say. Rough estimate, I'll say about three or four months. I mean, we don't play it, we play it maybe on average, maybe once every week, once every two weeks. What's your favorite part of the game, man? Does it have like cool weapons or what's what's the Just thing? Some of the locations, I guess. There's a really cool train level, a really cool train level. Um, you're sort of going along, and, and <laughs> you know, you got like the uh, what do you call them, like the carriages, you know, like where people sit in, but they're like jail cells and they got all zombies in them. So you're trying to run past, and the zombies are like reaching out for you, and, and that was really cool. Yeah, it's just, just overall, it's a really good game. So now that that's done, what are you guys, what are you guys gonna play next? Good question. Jake, uh, aka Protector 101, is moving. Um, I don't know if he wants. Well, I guess it's common knowledge. Is moving to uh, Oregon, I think it is. Is that right? Uh, so he won't be able to play for a while, for a month. But uh, I don't know. We'll be playing. I just got Broforce. We started playing that. So we'll probably play that for a little bit. I mean, if it can be really fun, especially if you like drinking or you got some friends over. I mean, it's really fun like that. I've played it in that sort of scenario, and then I played it online on Steam, you know, with other people, and both ways is good. Um, it's, it really is a multiplayer game. You can play it on your own, but it ain't half as fun. Um, when I played it in the same location with four people, it was on the same screen, no split screen. So if you get left behind and everyone's moving ahead, you just automatically die. So that's kind of annoying a little bit. Yeah. But um, but that's that's part of the fun too, in a way, you know. Like, away from me! Yeah. Well, I hope you know, you're trying to catch up. And <laughs> well, the game look, the game is a little bit glitchy when I played it online on Steam. So we had all sorts of weird shit. Like Jake, we only played with three people, and Jake was two characters at the same time. And it was like, what the fuck? Every time he spawned, it was like two people. It didn't make sense. <laughs> so he'd be like jumping, and like both characters would be jumping. It's just really fucking weird. And then he's typing in the chat, and he comes up as Jazzy instead of. It was you know, there was some weird shit going on, so I, I don't know. You're gonna have to make some time to play games when I move there. We'll be in the same time zone, so um, we'll be playing. A That's bit true. More, all right. I mean, I do have okay. Steam, but my computer like isn't great. Like that computer was just for emulation and stuff. Oh, I'll get a PlayStation when I move there anyway, so we'll, we'll figure something out. I, I've been waiting to. I didn't want to buy one here because what's the point? I can't. 
played over there anyway because it's 110 volts over there. So plus tr- I'm trying to keep light with the stuff I transport to the US when I move there. It'd be dumb to buy it now because I've just got to fucking move it there, you know? Well, that'd be cool, man. We could play some games. We'll get to... You know what we should do? What's that? Let's, let's actually try and do this officially. When you move to the States, get a PlayStation and get Grand Theft Auto and then we'll try and set up maybe like a time like during the week or every other week or something where like listeners of the show you know who have grand theft auto and playstation can like join at like a certain time and we can just have a thing where it's just like you know six, 16 oh. players or whatever that are all uh, that sounds great actually that'd be that'd be fun because every so often i do like to just boot up a uh, gta 5 and uh yeah, fuck yeah the best thing i love the best thing i love about that game is you can have your own fucking soundtrack man like uh well, I don't know if you can on PlayStation, but I know you can on the PC. You can make up your own uh, radio. So basically, you just add... I've got, like, a synthwave mix of, like, I don't know, 20 songs or something. And so that when you're in the car and you change stations, a lot of the music shit, you get sick of it. You, you just change it over to your radio. There's a certain location that you save it on your hard drive. And then when you go in, when you drive, anytime you drive around, you can switch to it and listen to, to your own music, which is kind of cool. That's cool, yeah. On the PlayStation, there is a media player in the PlayStation itself. Right. So if you want to play your own music, you just like hit play on the media player and then it plays your music. So basically you just turn the volume down on the radio. Oh, I see. But then you still... So you hear yeah. the music like during gameplay as well. It's the same with Spotify. Like the PlayStation has a Spotify app and you um, you can listen to Spotify while you play your games. So yeah, there's, there's ways, man. There's fucking ways. Anyways, listen, we got to go. We've been talking for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should go. I should go. I got a comment on that last episode on, uh, on SoundCloud. Some dude is like, I miss Synthetic Sundays. He picked some good tracks. Is that what he said? I didn't miss that. I'm going to have a look now. Yeah. And I told him to fuck himself. <laughs> Jesus. Said, if you're not complimenting me, I'm deleting your comment. Just relax. I used to get that shit all the time. I get, like, people come into my show. I've just been, like, working 12 hours, and I put it together, and it's finally, and I'm, like, sitting there just like, Ugh. and then um, in the chat while, you know, I'm broadcasting it, fucking get somebody going, j- jumps in the chat, oh, yeah, the show's pretty good. Oh, I prefer... Project Friday is much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Come on, man. It's not, I mean, okay, that's great. It's your opinion. I don't mind, but really necessary. <laughs> well, the thing I don't get is, look, I mean, I get people have their opinions and that's fine, but what drives somebody to go out of their way to tell you that the thing you're doing isn't up to their specifications? <laughs> like, it didn't make me angry. It's just funny. You know, like, I'm going, it's just hilarious. I, I just think about it because I'm never driven that way. No, I'm not either. I don't need to say that. Say I'm just watching some YouTube video, and even if they're saying shit that I hate, like, wow, this person's got a horrible opinion. I'm never compelled to, like, write it down. Like, you can see what people are really, like, um, uh, worked up about. Mm. Like, diet. Watch any video where someone explains, like, a good diet. And you will just see fucking comments. This guy doesn't fucking know anything. Uh, if he'd done his research about fucking paleo, he'd know that blah, blah, blah. He'd read these studies. And it doesn't matter what you say. People are so, uh, like, get really worked up about shit like that. And it's really funny to watch. And I'm just like, why? Well, I don't know. It's, I'm never compelled to comment on anything, ever. doesn't matter if I really like it or really hate it. I'm just like, okay. You know, I gave them my view, whatever that means. And so if it helps their channel become more popular because i viewed it fine um if they did something i don't like chances are i just won't watch any more of their shit and that's it like that's how i voted you know i voted by not giving them a click and that's that's that anyways listen play me another song and we'll end with it all right so the send-off track will be sigil a's new one no, no i'm not pronouncing that right uh with on and on disco mix 
Cool, man. Well, listen, it was uh, fun talking to you. Yeah, it was great, man. Great catching up. We'll do it again soon, buddy. All right, man. Well, you have a great week. And, uh, <laughs> you too, buddy. And we'll uh, end on this track by Assiduley. On and on. Uh, thanks, Andy. See you, buddy. See you, everyone.
right, and that was my conversation with Marco. And I know some of you might be thinking, where the hell was the donation of the beast? Well, it's right now! This is the donation of the These are all the people who donate $6.66 to Beyond Synth. They're very special. I probably shouldn't save them to the end, but sometimes it's uh, difficult to structure this show. So I'd like to thank Street Cleaner, Orlando Rodriguez Neve, Moose Knox, Till Wild, Straylight, Carm, Lucas Ceballos, and Renton Braggs. You are the real stars. And if you want to join them in their circle in hell and donate to Beyond Synth, it is uh, patreon.com slash beyondsynth. And listen, guys, that's the end of the show. Um, I probably should have structured this differently because it's really weird to end the show on the donation of the beast. But uh, you know what? I like to uh, I like to surprise you guys, man, and uh, make the show new and exciting for you. And uh, yeah, so tune in next time on Beyond Synth where um, I believe my guest will be Well, next week's going to be a weird one because it's not a musical guest. It's the host of a podcast I really enjoy called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. And he is uh, Dr. Stephen Novella. And he hosts uh, a good podcast about skepticism and science and stuff. And uh, I wanted to uh, chat with him. And so that's what's going to happen next week. But don't worry. There'll still be lots of great music and all that stuff. And that's all I have to say. So thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. And uh, tune in next time. Because, hey, this is the best synth music chat show there is. And I'm saying that as literally I hear, like, baby toys being squeezed in the background. (laughs) Hey, man, not all operations can be smooth, all right? But if one thing's for sure, the host of this show certainly is... Smooth. There's nothing smoother than listening to a baby throw Lego bricks around in the background. Or Duplo. It's technically Duplo. (sighs) Man, it'd be real nice to have, like, a studio. (laughs) Anyways, I'll talk to you next time, everybody, uh, on Beyond Synth, the best synth music chat show there is in the fucking world. Thanks for Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. If you would like to support Beyond Synth, please visit patreon.com forward slash beyond synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day.